What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, May 31st, 2018, and you guys are listening to episode number, wow, 358. How the heck is everybody doing? Hope everybody is doing well in between shows, and um, yeah, got a, got a lot of stuff to talk about on today's show, uh, so... Some funny stuff that I was just uh, actually thinking about. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get into it. Uh, I got an unacceptable, which this one is on me. And, um, yeah, I want to just talk about a lot of stuff today on uh, on this episode. Uh, first, though, and foremost, I do want to um, acknowledge uh, Memorial Day. You know, uh, Memorial Day is, is cool. My birthday is on Veterans Day, and um, Memorial Day is awesome. I took my um, my son, if you guys listen to their latest Patreon, by the way, thank you to the Patreon subscribers, but I took my son and his friends to uh, Yankee Stadium uh, this weekend. Not actually on Memorial Day, but the weekend, and uh, it was so cool. I uh, had a great time. And uh, yeah, you know, you guys know if you listen to the show, I'm a very, uh, you know, I have a I don't know. I mean, I don't know who doesn't or who wouldn't or why wouldn't you, but, um, you know, I just got to think for military and the soldiers and everybody like that because I just think that, uh, you know, as I've, as I'm quoted many, many times of saying, um, those are like, to me, the real, you know, just the real heroes, man. Like people that, you know, just, uh, sacrifice a lot, man, sacrifice a lot and are willing to, you know, make the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, so, People like me could sit here and spew into a microphone for a little while or get on stage at night and tell jokes to a crowd of people. So, um, yeah, happy Memorial Day. Hope everybody did have a good Memorial Day. Safe. Hope you guys didn't get too hammered. But, uh, yeah, it was great. It was it was a really great long weekend. Uh, so for you guys who are subscribed to my Patreon, I did touch on the Roseanne thing, so I'm really not going to do that here. Uh, I know a bunch of you probably want my opinion. I'll just make it short and sweet and just say you got to be smarter and you got to be smart when you have a Twitter account. But, you know, uh, I went into a little more detail uh, on the Patreon. You could check that out. Patreon, I did talk about the, you know, the long weekend and stuff like that. So you could check that out, guys. You could um, subscribe to my Patreon for an extra. I'm actually going to have another one, uh, another one tonight, I believe, with a guest. But subscribe to the Patreon page. And uh, or and you get what you get uh, at least four more podcasts. You get a bunch of pictures, some funny stuff. You get all that stuff three dollars a month. So for three dollars a month, you're just getting more content. You're gonna get more intimate interviews with uh, other comedians, comedians that have been on there have been uh, Bobby Kelly and Bill Burr and Tim Dillon and Giannis Pappas. And uh, I'm gonna be getting. Uh, more and more people on there, so uh, please check that out. And thank you guys again so much for uh, subscribing to uh, for the to that for the extra content. Um, shout out to Lewis Gomez, Lewis J Gomez. I was on his real ass podcast yesterday, and we thought we were going to end up being funny, and we did get into a political discussion. Uh, Stavros was on there. Stavi, you guys know Stavi. Um, he was on the he was on there, and if you guys just listen, we you know we kind of. We kind of got into it. It was a matter of uh, it was it was not political, but it was it was definitely on political stances. So I mean, it was like more of like some people don't have the opportunity, 
and me and Lewis were more like, no, you can make the opportunity, but you guys could check that out. Shout out to them, and thanks for, um, thanks for having me. Uh, all right, so here's what, I want to, uh, here's what I wanted to get into today. couple of things. I want to talk, I want you guys to write me in on this because this is, I was talking to my neighbor, um, Susan, about this yesterday, and uh, I want to know where the line is drawn with you guys and parents on their kids' coaching. All right, so if you don't have kids and you're young, you could sit back, listen to this, enjoy it, whatever, or you could fast forward through it, whatever you want to do. I don't give a fuck. But where is the is each parent's line different when it comes to how their soccer coach, their little league coach, their football coach, their basketball coach is um, is everyone's line different? So if you guys have had an experience like that, yeah, I won't use your names, I won't use your school, I won't use your coaches, but if you have an experience where a coach just talked to your kid where you either had to go and talk to the coach afterwards or you were livid and, and something happened during the game or whatever, I'd like to know. Fortunately for me, my son has never dealt with that, but I've seen some kids that, that have. And I think I mentioned last year... There was this one coach who was just yelling at this kid and just like getting on this one kid. And it was just like what these coaches don't understand is when you, first of all, and I I know this is going to bother some people, but I I really don't give a fuck. It's like you don't, you're, the kid doesn't give a fuck about you. Do you know what I mean? Like to the kid, they're out there having fun. All right. They're not going to try to get, most of them are not going to another level. They're not. All right. So. I do think at this age, kids need to be coached in a different way. And some of these guys are just flat out lunatics. Like, I mean, there's a really, like, I seen this one coach who's just yelling, hey, hey, what are you, get, what are you doing? Get back. And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Seriously, what are you doing? And I'm, I'm like, I got to tell you something. Like, I have this thing where I'm on edge because not even for my son, like, I'm on edge because, like, of another kid. Because I want to, like, I want to chime in, if that makes any sense. And I'd love to even do it, like, like, listen, it's one thing. If kids just aren't listening and they're wasting your time and your time is precious because you have a job and then this little bit of time you decide to, you know, you know do that or, or be around your son or your son's team and stuff like that. But I got to tell you something, man. Like... Uh, my son's old basketball coach was the fucking best. He was just the best. When he would talk to a kid, he would kneel down and look him in the eyes and never look down on him and just let them know and be positive. And when he got upset, they knew he was kind of upset, but it was in a more of a positive way. Like, guys, you got to go over there and do that. Come on. That's how, like, that's how you coach. Not just, hey, hey, what, what are you, what are you doing? Get back. And it's just, it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to, like, are you just not getting the leadership at your job that you want to get, you insecure cocksucker? You fucking little dick having, you know, probably not getting laid the right way, bitch. Do you know what I mean? It's like, think about what you're doing for a second. You're yelling at kids that are five, six, seven, eight years old. Now, I've been fortunate. My son's coaches are all great, but I've seen coaches and assistant coaches throughout that just take things to a level 
that is just like, what what the fuck are you doing? So I want the Verzi Effect listeners. I want everybody here listening to the Verzi Effect. Write in to unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. Write in an experience that you had because I really want to find out what the line is. Because I And I said yesterday, I have no problems at all, absolutely at all, having my son be, be you know, even disciplined. Like, all right, Lucas, you didn't do that, go run. Or, you know, my son's, uh, I remember one time my son's flag football coach, one of them was like, yeah, man, the defense got to come up, that's Lucas. You know, I could deal with that. Lucas, you didn't get that done, go run a lap. I can deal with that. You want to fucking tell my kid, like, you know, even if you get, like, a little, you know, frustrated. You're like, Lucas, come on, man. That's three times. That's on you. I'm fine with that. That's coaching. That's what you have to do. But if you're going to fucking yell and scream at my kid in public, I'm going to have a really, really big fucking problem with it. And I'll say this shit now. And I know people in my district listen to my podcast. And I know people that know people in my district listen to my podcast. And I know some of this shit gets out. And I'm very, very careful. I talk to my wife about it. I understand my position in the public eye. Um, I get that. I get that. You know, I'm a comedian with a podcast. If, if you know, people, you know, no, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm some big famous guy. You know, I'm not. I get that. But I definitely, this podcast reaches a lot of places that I did not realize it reached. Because you know what? It's out there on iTunes. It's available. And some people, local people, know the area that I'm in. So... I don't, but, but, and I'm not sitting here and I'm not trying to make any kind of, I'm, I'm just simply saying that if somebody goes at my son in a certain way, in a certain way that's inappropriate, you know, you better fucking believe that I'm going to have a problem with it. I'm going to probably have a problem with it right there because my son is not going to fucking feel that shit, you know? And again, I'm not trying to fucking spoil my kid. I'm not trying to, my kid does not deserve any extra. No kid deserves any extra for being better at the, at the position that they may play. You know, my son is good at what he does. Uh, you know, my son is really, my son is probably one of the most coachable people. You tell him something once, he's going to get it. Okay? So I take that into consideration. I think every kid you yell at and shit is, you know, and listen, there's some dumb little fucking Dumb assholes. Like, I watch kids on baseball fields. I see, like, multiple Little League teams. And I'm like, this kid this kid should be fucking put in a cage. This kid sucks at everything. He can't walk and shit. He throws terrible. He fucking doesn't know how to use a glove. You throw the ball at him, you're afraid you're going to break his cheekbone or his nose. I mean, this kid's a fucking liability. And this kid can't tie his shoe and chew bubblegum at the same time. This kid's f- a fucking dope. And I get that. So sometimes, So sometimes I get... That, uh, you know, the coach could be a little impatient with that. But there's a certain way, dude. There's a certain way that you talk. So I love your stories and I love that because I really, like, I have no fucking problem. Like, and I realize that I'm like, dude, if my son was tripping on his feet, you know, and, and really was was not doing the right thing and deserved to be yelled at, I'm cool with that. But even then I'd have, I'd be like, all right, dude, like, let's make sure you deal with it the way you should deal with an eight or nine-year-old, okay? But I couldn't imagine, like, my kid always making mistakes and just constantly letting some fucking guy, you know, who just, you know, shows up and is, like, not his dad yelling at him. So I want to know your guys' thoughts on that. Let me know, because I know some of you may have stories. I know some of you may have stories where... And look, I'm not saying go out there with a baseball bat and beat a coach to death and go to jail. I'm not saying that. But, uh... You know, 
when I'm standing around, dude, and, and I'm watching my son play, and I'm watching, you know something's coming with one of these kids. But there's just a, I noticed, and I'll even put it on me. I'm like a, and I'm not trying to be a dick here and trying to be arrogant. I think I'd be a great coach. And the reason why I'm a great coach is because I'm a positive dude when it comes to things. You know, I taught my stepfather how to play golf and we went out to golf and my stepfather's like, I would have never played if it wasn't for you. Because, you know, my stepfather hit a bad shot or something like that. I'd be like, no, here's what you do. You're doing great. You're coming out here. This is a hard thing to do to just come out here on a course, but just do it this way. You know, with little kids, when I was coaching first and third base or talking to them, I'm kind of just like, hey, good job. And I kind of talk to them on, not on their level, but like let them know that like, you know, it's okay to mess up, but just listen. And that's what my son's basketball coach uh, did. Shout out to Jaffet. Um, but I just feel like there are definitely people, especially at a certain age, that take it a certain way that's inappropriate and not cool. And it does put the parents in a rough situation. You know, um, so let me know. Let me know the stories. And uh, don't worry, I'm not going to use your name or... If you're like, yeah, I had a neighbor, he's locked up doing 10 years, took a basketball, tried to make the coach eat it after his <laughs> There was blood and teeth all over the court, shit got sloppy. I'm not saying that, and I would never say anybody's names, but let me know, and you can email those to unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. Uh, and I know what you're thinking. Oh, something happened with Paul's kid, and he's not sitting. No, nothing. I would tell you, nothing has happened with my son, um, nothing has really happened bad. I'm just, it was just a thing that me and my neighbor were talking about yesterday because you see coaches get frustrated and you see them hold it back or let it go too much. And then you see them thinking, and it does, you know, and then, you know, listen, and I feel bad for some coaches because some coaches may have a kid that has some kind of learning disability or some coaches may just, you know, try so many times with the same kid and the kid's just not getting it or the kid is, um, you know, or the kid is, is, just bad. Like, I mean, listen, some kids suck. Some kids are just shitheads who suck. It's really true. They're just, it's just bad kids. Do you know what I mean? It's just like the kid sucks. The kid's not fun. The kid doesn't listen. The kid wants to, you know, so I don't mind a coach just snapping or not snapping, but being like, Hey, how many times do I got to tell you this? Or like what I would do is I'd go to the parents. That's a good thing to do. How about this? And you're not going to tell me, Hey, listen, your kid's a fucking moron who doesn't get it. All right. You know, tell this kid to go bang his head against the wall because that's all he's good for. I'm not saying that. You go up to the parent, you're like, look, I don't want to yell at your son and that's not my job, but like he's just simply not listening or she is just simply not listening. I've said it multiple times. I'm trying to convey, convey this message to the team and he or she is just causing a disruption. They're not listening. I don't want to yell, but I'm losing my patience and I want to come to you first because I'm just telling you that that's what's going on and it needs to be addressed at home, I think. You know, I think that that's like, that's the, the approach that I would get. I'd be like, look, man, I get it, but I can't, I can't fucking do it. Uh, so there, that's, that's what I wanted to, uh, to speak about with that. Um, what else? What else? Yes. Yeah, so this is, uh, here's the other thing, guys. My unacceptable this week is all on me. It is one hundred percent on me my stepfather called me out on this okay uh i don't believe i said this on this podcast or the patreon oh my god i've been on so many podcasts lately i apologize if i did but i don't think i did this unacceptable my stepfather called me out on something 
That is so funny and ridiculous, and I never even thought about it. But, um, you know, we <laughs> we donate, like, bags of clothes to kids and people and whatever, goodwill or whatever. We donate clothes. And, like, me, I have a million pairs of sneakers and shoes. And if I get any, like, one scuff mark, like, I need my shoes to be pristine constantly and all that stuff. So I would say, like, every quarter or every few months or whatever it is, um, definitely every half a year we get a big bag and we throw out sneakers and clothes or we donate them. So my stuff, my, my parents were over or whatever. We were hanging out. I forgot what, what it, what the exact like occasion was. And I had like this nice shirt that had like a little hole in it, like near the arm or whatever. It just had like a little hole. And it was definitely a nice shirt, quality shirt. And I just looked at it. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to fix this. All right, you know what? I guess I'll just donate it then. And my, st- <laughs> my stepfather goes, what? And I go, I'm gonna, I guess I'm just going to donate this. You know, it's got a hole. And he goes, why would you donate something that's like ruined to people? And I literally just caught myself and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, like what kind of insensitive dickhead? Like who does that? Like, ah, this is shitty and worn out. Yeah, let's give it to that poor bastard. He's lucky he's getting something. Like, that mentality is so ridiculous. And I wasn't thinking about it being a bad guy or being a dick. I just looked at it like, ah, I'm not going to wear this, so I'll donate it. But it's like, no, you're not wearing it because there's something wrong with it. So now I donated a bunch of nice stuff. And, like, I felt bad even saying that. But he called me out. So it's absolutely unacceptable. It is super funny. We were golfing the other day. We were just laughing on the hole we were just laughing walking down the hole like going do you remember you said you were going to give your shitty damaged thing to somebody else um so thank you (laughs) thank you steve for calling me out on that and uh that is definitely on me and 100 percent um (laughs) unacceptable because you know what if i was on the receiving end of that you know, if I was opening it up and like, you know, I was in some, you know, just a less fortunate situation and this bag of like refurbished clothes or whatever comes back or whatever. And they're like, hey, Paulie, look, you got a new shirt. And I opened it and I just saw a hole in it. I'd feel like, sh- I'd feel like shit. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, that that's definitely on me. And thank you for calling me out on that. Uh, but very hilarious. And I'm glad that I was able to use it for the podcast. Use it for the podcast, um, guys. I I mentioned it before. I got the golf itch, man. Oh, I got the golf itch. I mean, I shot in the fifties and then the forties. I'm back to back. I had like a a a, a 12, 12 or eleven stroke swing from one uh, front nine to the back nine, which tells you if I played, I could be on my game and be playing well, and I just don't play enough, so the bad holes drive me nuts and will keep coming me coming back. I swear to God, I'm going to play more golf this year than I've played in a lot. Like, this is going to be one of my years. Like, the last two years, my rounds were low. I did not get to play much. Um, this year will be, I'll be up there with some of my, with some of the most rounds I've ever played. Cause I just, I got a course that's so close to my house. Um, I got a couple of people to play with and I just have to play golf. I mean, yeah, my days of break, you know, almost breaking my ankle playing basketball need to be over. You know, I'm not going to join a football league in my late thirties. Um, you know, and, and look, I'm still young. I could still play. I'm still, you know, and I, and I still have that delusion in my head. 
because you're always faster and quicker in your head, but you don't realize that your body definitely like multiple people this week have gone, are you limping, man? And I'm just like, holy shit, I might be. <laughs> you know, it's it definitely, but I still am athletic. I still can do things, but I, I know it's just slowly going to morph into just me golfing, being a golfer. And what sucks about it is it's a five-hour day, which is great. It's actually both, you know, because there's nothing worse than golfing and you feel your wife or your spouse, whoever, just breathing down your throat through the cell phone. You almost done? What's for dinner? And it's like, I don't know what's the fuck for dinner, okay? I got a 15-foot putt here to save double bogey. You figure out dinner. That's the worst part about golfing, you know? That's why Father's Day is just free. I'm like, look, my birthday, Father's Day, or whatever it is, just let me play 18 and let me just not have to worry about what's going on. Like, you make it like I'm not home. I'm going to be golfing. Like, that's the freedom of golf. That's why guys go away on golf vacations. You go down. You play a couple of rounds of golf. You get like a condo by the ocean. You do, you know, you play golf every day. You go to dinner. You're shot by 10 o'clock, and there's no phone going off. And, you know, I know that uh, the women love having their little golf weekends or their go-out weekends. And that's the thing. I told my wife, go out. Go. You want to go on a sh- go shopping, go nails, go do that shit. I don't care. Go whatever. My wife is into flowers. Go to florists. Go to Home Depot. Look at, go look at flowers. Lord knows my wife will spend 1000 on flowers. I've never seen anybody into flowers like my wife is. I just, my what? so go, you want to go and do flowers? I'm not going to call and go, how many fucking flowers can you look at? All right? Are you almost home? I'm, no, I'm home chilling. I'm relaxing. So, you know, that's the one thing. We played the other day and uh, I got, luckily, you know, I, I did tell my wife, I was like, look, I worked, I had a crazy week. I want to just golf on Saturday. She was cool. She was cool. But towards the end of the round, like you get on 17, 18, hey, know you're golfing. Any thoughts on dinner? That's basically, that's basically in a nutshell, them going, yeah, you're almost done. That's what that means. And you feel it. You feel it. My wife has probably costed me three strokes, <laughs> three strokes on a golf course, or at least I could lie to myself and say that she did. Um, speaking of golf. Uh, I did not see a movie this week. The last movie that I saw was The Avengers. Um, but I have to tell you, I watched a documentary. It's actually a documentary series. It's a documentary series on... Um, and, and just like each go- each major golfer, like Tiger Woods and Jack and Jack uh, Nicholas and... Um, I'm trying to think who else was on, like uh, Greg Norman. Oh, a bunch of different like golfers, legendary, retired, current, all that are talking about this. And I watched the one where they were talking about the British Open and like St. Andrews and these golf courses that are like yellow and brown and like hitting like on concrete and like how how um, the club, the clubs that we use here in America with our um, – so if you don't golf, just so you know, if you're like 150 yards out, you use pretty much you'll use like a seven. Or if you're a little weaker or whatever, you're older or you're a senior or you're weaker, instead of a seven for 150, you might use a six or a five just to get the distance. But if you're hitting your clubs the right way, 150, 160 is the seven iron. 
you know, and so on and so forth. You know, the nine is a little shorter, then the eight gets further, seven gets further, six, five, and all that stuff, and then ultimately, ultimately up to the one, the driver, which is what you tee off on. All right, I want to bore you people that don't play golf, but that's what it is. But they're saying like that at the St. Andrews thing and at the British Open, uh, there's there's like um, there's no rules. Like you could use a seven just because you need to run it. You could be like a hundred yards off, or like some people. Like it is just there's no reason to you know it it will roll so far or bounce so far that you could end up hitting a seven that just would is going to go further or just all kinds of weird stuff. Like the rules of what club you need, like in the United States, go out the window with this. And they were just talking about how hard it plays. And it looks like you're putting like on grass. Like there's no greens on some of these. It was just like a stick in the middle. It looked like a stick in the middle of the fairway with the hole. And, and you got to figure out how to, how to do that. So really awesome. Uh, check it out. And I, I suck right now because, hold on a second, I'll find out. I was going to say because the name of it, I can't find the name of it, but I'm going to find the name of it for you guys right now. Uh, Golf Doc Netflix. Uh, and I'll tell you, and you guys, and it's like a series. Uh, oh, yeah. It's called Chronicles of a Golf of a, of a Champion Golfer. That's what it is. It's called Chronicles of a Champion Golfer. And uh, it says... Winners of the Open Championship, including Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods, speak uh, about what it takes to triumph against the world's best golfers. Uh, it's a docu-series, and it's awesome. Yeah, I got it right. Starring Tiger Woods, Greg Norman, Jack Nicklaus. Uh, the one that I saw, the guy that I saw talking was Tiger, because that was episode one. But he was speaking about, um, you know, the challenges of these of these courses and the guys creeping up on him and stuff when he was at his thing. There's also one with Tom Watson, Ernie Els, uh, Darren Clark. Uh, so check that out. It's called, again, Chronicles of a Champion Golfer. Even if you don't like golf or don't play golf, you'll still be like, holy shit, that's nuts. Um, so there you go. Uh, that's that's my movie thing. I don't have much, uh, much else. Um... As I'm speaking right now, they are chopping down more trees, cutting stuff down. The big tree that hit our house is now gone from the yard. Uh, and I just have, it's everyday machines, bulldozers, everything. And um, I got to be honest with you, it's getting annoying. I just want this shit done. Every day is a knock on my door. Yeah, I'm here to uh, do this and do that. Yeah, we got the chip break. Can you move your car? I got my car on my front lawn and shit. It's just every day. I'm just, you know, I was like a couple of days of sleep. I'm starting to feel good. I'm relaxing. Yeah, so uh, your wife mentioned. I'm like, of course she did. Of course, because I didn't. <laughs> but let's be honest, everybody. Thank God for my wife. Because if it wasn't for my wife, I'd have a huge tree leaning on my house for two years. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, it'd be the only house that just stayed and waited until the next big storm. That would be my reasoning. I figured another one's coming. You know, another tree is going to, I figure we'll keep all the trees, okay, wait for the next big one, okay, have another one come down on the deck, and then we'll do it that way. So, my wife is definitely, by the way, our women, women are just instinctively, uh, this is going to annoy some people. Let me say this before I get into this, all right, let me preface this, okay, fathers are amazing, they're a big part of the kid's life. I feel like I'm a great dad. 
I, you know, I'm there for my kids. I feel like I do the right thing. I have the instincts of a, of a dad. I, I have all that stuff. End of the day, and maybe it's just because my wife is like fucking insane, but I just feel like moms are just, there's a reason the kids want the mom. You know, I know some kids, I know there's one asshole that says, not me. You know what? Not me. You know, she wants me. She wants, it's like, all right, dude, there's a couple of you. End of the day, dude, it was in the the woman's womb, you know, it was nine months just chilling in there. That's home base. And I see it with my kids. But like, I could fully say this. My, my son had a birthday and my wife was so all over it. You know, knows what he loves, obviously. Making sure this, making sure the party's right. The friends that are going to come over for him. Like, what she did for this kid was like borderline abuse for how she doesn't do it for me. I'm kidding. No, she was so all over this shit. And I was just like, you know what? If it was me, I would have fucked this up, man. Like day before, I'd be like, yeah, listen, I think Lucas's bir- Lucas's birthday's tomorrow, right? All right, look, you guys got to come over. You bring the cake. All right, I I got shows and I'm going to sleep. But, you know, we'll put on a movie. Like, it would have been a nightmare. You know, listen, on the way, can you stop and get one red balloon? I would have just fucked the whole thing up. My wife had a plan. I mean, this kid was getting it from all angles. Relatives are planned to come over the, the baseball game and, you know. Like, I took the kids and I did that and I was great with it. But just the way she organized it, I just feel like mom's fucking rule, man. Mom's have some, mom's got their shit together. Well, good ones. You know, I know there's a mother smoking weed right now who lost custody of her kids turning this podcast off. (laughs) Ah, I'm having fun. This is a good one. Guys listening to TVE 358. It's got a nice flow to it today. I feel a good flow. You want to know why? I got some sleep last night and I had a coffee. Those two things equal good podcast. All right, if I went to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning last night, I would have to, it would come out on this free, but you're getting it for free. All right, you fucks, you're getting it for free. Um, But no, man, shout out to all the moms out there. See, it's not Mother's, I don't need to do that on Mother's Day. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's why I don't like Mother's Day or Father's Day or Valentine's Day. Look, I like Father's Day to play golf, and I like that my, my wife gets something on Mother's Day, and my mother gets something on Mother's Day. Everybody's happy. I get that. That's cool. But it should always be like that. Look, today is way past Mother's Day, and I'm sitting here talking about how moms rule. You know. just Or maybe it's just my wife is a better parent than me, and I, and, you know, and I just have to admit that. But I could admit I'm a great parent. My wife is a better parent. She's just, even from afar... Make sure they got this. Make sure they got that. Like, that's how ridiculous it is. So shout out to you, Stacy, Stacy Verzi. All right? Shout out to you. I give you all the props in the world. You're a great mother and we love you. Um, so do you guys know that uh, I got this sent to me. There's a clip. I'm going to try to play this clip for you. You guys know that... Um, Bill Burr and I always did that joke about, you know, he gets emotional. Uh, If you don't, Bill and I, Bill Burr and I, the great Bill Burr, everybody, um, he's going on tour in Europe, but 
I mean, this new hour, I was fortunate enough. I mean, we don't get to work together as much. I'm doing my own thing right now, and, you know, I'm working my new hours, so we don't get to work as much together. But we do sometimes, and when we do, it's a blast. But I could tell you, when we did uh, and I saw the new hour he's putting together, I'm not even kidding around. It's probably it's one of the greatest hours of stand-up I've ever seen in my life, and I put that up there with, like, Carlin and Pryor, and I know that that's a big statement, and I know that those are big names, and I mean no disrespect to them, but, like, when you guys see it, it's amazing. But... We did this thing where uh, we we did this thing where we go. He gets emotional. So it all originated when me and Bill were in Canada. If you guys didn't, you know what? You could actually Google Paul Verzi, Bill Burr on tour in Canada, and the couple of podcasts that we did. One was the Time Machine one, which went like viral, and the other one was He Gets Emotional. So we were together so many days in a row in Canada, about twenty days in a row, and. Um, we just, you know, we never went at each other. We never were at each other's throats. He even said, he's like, man, you know, we're real friends or we get along because, like, you never annoyed me and he never annoyed me. Uh, he let me sleep in. He knows me. So he's like, look, I don't call Verzi till Verzi calls me when he wakes up at 11, 12 o'clock, you know, on the road. I didn't have the kids, so I would sleep. And then we'd go to, you know, breakfast or lunch at that time. And we just would have fun. And we'd go back, rest, meet up at the show. We really did it right. So I would do this thing where every once in a while I would just give Bill a look and he would either go along with a crazy story or he would, I would cry in public and he would, um, and he would say, I'm sorry, you know, he gets a little emotional. So like we had, we had like this Filipino waiter or something. I think he was Filipino, nice guy, um, and uh, he just, he, he spoke English, but it wasn't as, I mean, he was an Asian guy, you know, who obviously knew, he was, you know, he knew English enough and all that to be a waiter, but he was definitely not, you know, he, he wasn't like, you know, news anchor, you know, uh, you know, American, you know what I mean? He was, he was, you know, so he walked over and he just gave his water, he gave me water. And like, as he poured the water or gave bread, I was just like, <laughs> thank you. This is so nice, you know, where I come from, nobody's giving me anything, and and I was dead serious, like, I was dead, like, I was acting, and Bill's looking at me, and then looking at him, and the guy looked confused, and the guy looked over at Bill, and Bill just goes, you know, he gets a little emotional about things, I'm like, oh, this is just so nice, and I don't know if I hugged him or whatever, but it was just one of those things. So then me and Bill would always joke and be like, you know, the, the cry, the fake cry we would do, would be like, like over the top, like, right? And and Bill goes over the top with it, like, right? And we would just cry laughing at it. So I get a text from him yesterday, and the text is, it's called Singing Videos. And I guess it was on, um, I guess it was on uh, Facebook. And it's a Lamborghini and uh, what is that? It's a Lamborghini and some other exotic car. Almost looks like a Bentley sports car. But I get it, I get a video, and it says, You have to watch this video immediately. And it says, I have never laughed so hard in my life. And I guess they sent it to us because they know. But so here, all right, I don't want I don't want you guys to hear it yet. So this is a phone call of a woman calling somebody. And she's crying. I guess this is real. She's really crying. And it's literally how we did it. But this is real. And every time she would go, they made it as if those were the engines of the car racing. 
So I'm going to paint the picture. There's a white Lamborghini and another blue exotic car. I don't know exactly what the other car is. I don't think it's a Ferrari, but it's another race car. And they're lined up on this dirt road to race. And right when it starts racing, that's when she's crying. So that's what you're watching. But you're really just hearing her really crying how me and Bill joked. So here it is. Hey, sorry, Mr. Call. Um... I was just calling you back to uh, let you know that I I love you and I miss you. <laughs> That's real, and the cars are taking off now. I really, I really want you to call me back. <laughs> and now the cars are racing. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I missed your phone call, and that I I I know you're done. So so when you get this, can you call me back? I love you and I miss you. <laughs> so every time, every time she went, with the cars were flying down the road, so you wouldn't see the cars as she talked. It would be like black, and then she'd go, <laughs> you would see the cars just flying down. I hope that I did it some justice, but it's really funny. Um, and me and Bill were texting going, and Bill even said, he goes, it's literally our crying impression in the real thing. So if you guys know that podcast, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you didn't, climb aboard and don't be a dick. I mean, you get it. Oh, my God, I got tears in my eyes here. Um, let's see here. Somebody wrote in a Shark Tank, a, a revised Shark Tank thing. So let me do that. The uh, Here we go. So remember, Justin said something about, um, so last week, Justin said something about how there should be a, um, a business line subway, uh, and, uh, and you know, when, during the rush hour times, so people that like aren't going to a certain stop where all the, I guess companies are or whatever, something along those lines, but he wrote back. And he said, uh, hey, Paul, it's me again with the follow-up on my Shark Tank pitch you asked for. I've thought about it a little more, so I hope I could answer the question you had on the show. I think the easiest way to do the validation to make sure you have the business line access is to just add another gate at the business line stops. Uh, Whenever you get into the subway, you need to scan your card before you get on the train. So why not just add another one at the entrance of the business line that checks to make sure uh, you have the business line access. That way you don't need to get special permission uh, from your company or anything like that. In terms of being more of a city problem uh, than an investment idea, here are my thoughts. If you could pitch this idea to the city and get it approved, you could negotiate your cut of the added fees they charge to get a return on the original investment. After that, you're basically just raising funds to buy uh, equity uh, in the line itself so that all the investors get a share of the fees. Okay. Yeah, so then after the initial thing, you get your charge. Any funds you raise can be subtracted from the city's cost to build the line in return for a percentage of equity. Or uh, over time, you and the investors collect your cut and fees and eventually turn profit. Each month, a few hundred thousand people buy monthly subway passes here in Boston for around 75 to 400 depending on exactly what services you get. 
if you were to charge just another 10 to 15 per month for business line access, you could be looking at over a million in revenue a month and over 10 million per year added up over time. That's some serious money. I guess you're right that this involves the city as well as just investors, but since a city would want to cut down on costs to actually build this thing, I think they'd be open to the idea of letting private citizens put up money in return for a small cut of fees. Since many people have been complaining to the politicians about the subway line here in Boston, anything that would generate some positivity around the subway would be a win for the city officials and increased revenue isn't a bad thing either. Hopefully this is a little clearer than my original email. Loving the podcast. Keep it up, Justin. I love that idea. And I think that if they're, you know, I just don't know what it would take for them to organize another gate or if people would be, but I, I think, hey man, listen, there's been a lot worse fucking pitches on a Shark Tank than that. So I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think, look, I don't take the subways and I don't take public transportation because I'm not an animal, quite frankly, but I'm kidding. I just, the times and hours that I go in, I can't be on, you know, I can't be on a midnight show and you miss a train home and go to Grand Central and get in cabs. I need to just take my car and luckily there's street parking after 7 and 10 o'clock at night so I can I can do that. But um, for the people that are, live in the city and doing that, I don't see why this is a bad idea at all. Uh, it's pretty, pretty good actually. Actually, it's pretty smart. I think that that would be, I mean, anything to make the commute more comfortable, easier, Easier for people that are going to the businesses and going to their jobs. Easier for the people that aren't, that just want to get off somewhere that's it's less, you know, stuff like that. So you add a little bit more money to make the revenue make sense. Uh, everybody wins. I don't see anything wrong with it. I like the pitch. Uh, I think that if I was a shark and you pitched that to me, I would invest with the continue. It would just be based upon if, if, the, if the city would... Like, in other words, if I found out that the city officials and they, they were all cool with it and they were like, hey, let's do it. We're willing to do it. We just need investors to put up the money. I would do it because anybody would want it. You know, people there, there's there's too many there's too many people in the city, especially New York City. Or I mean, it was there's like 11 million people here or whatever it is. So, I mean, even if a fraction of that did it. I, I think it makes sense. And a lot of people, if you are in New York City and you are working and living in New York City, you can afford an extra 10 bucks if it's going to make your life easier and more comfortable and, you know, let's be honest, somewhat safer. It is somewhat safer because, I mean, how many times have you seen a YouTube clip where people are just packed in, bumping each other, doing this, doing that? I mean, this will separate people going to work and people not. I think it's a win-win for everybody. I like it. There you go. So there's Justin's uh, pitch. Uh, the truth is I haven't watched Shark Tank. I've been so busy. I haven't had a chance to watch Shark Tank. Um, and now I've seen so many of them that they're repeats, but, uh, that's good. Cause now that I'm not watching them, I'll be able to, you know, just binge and watch, um, and, and watch them again. Uh, because I could sit down and watch that show for, you know, for a long time, man. Um, so somebody reached out to me and said to me, um, you know, a lot of people reaching out to me saying, what do you think of the Roseanne thing? And I told you guys, I talked about it on, um, I talked about it on, um, on the Patreon. So I don't want to get into it again. There's people that pay money that they don't, you know, um, hear the same shit, but people keep saying, what do you think about 
in this day and age, what comedians can do or can't do, comedians and people are losing their jobs. I got an email. I got an email from somebody here, an old friend, old friend who used to manage my brother's band. And he sent me something and it said, um, you know, it's a frightening article. Uh, you know, and he says, I've always had respect for comedians, but in today's climate, it goes beyond words, blah, blah, blah. And it says, uh, get ready for uh, robot comedians, robotics. And it says, heard the one about the robot comedian. And basically what it is, is comedians, I mean, this is wild. And if this is true, this is really screwed up. But um, basically, what is it? Uh, Bloomberg's global leadership. In yeah, so I think, the, I don't know if it's the Bloomberg company, but it's basically, come on. Is this thing not open? And of course, it, why would it open now? Why would it open now when we have uh, some, something fun to discuss here? Um, while I open, oh, anyway, while I open this, uh, shout out to, and I want to shout out, um, of course, All Things Comedy. Check out All Things Comedy for uh, your favorite podcasts, albums, specials, and TV shows. Allthingscomedy.com. You get all of that content. They're amazing to the artists, guys, like I said before. Oh, and uh, it looks like the Verzi effect. I, ca I can't. We're going to uh, get into it officially uh, soon. But it looks like there is another sponsor coming, which is right up the alley of the show. Let's just say, uh, you know, sports and predictions and all that. I'll give you a, a little clue and a hint, but I will let you guys know about that. Um, and that, that should be coming soon. But So check, uh, check that out soon, and I think you guys are going to really, really love that. Um, come on, let me please open this thing up. It's just, yeah, I don't know if they took it down. So now I'm going to have to describe it and probably do it wrong. But no, I remember exactly what it was. So basically, the idea is uh, robot comedian meaning. Like these comedians or it's creating this thing where like you can, your jokes would be through an avatar or be through like, like because people are afraid to be ousted or like they're afraid of saying something or doing something like that they'll they'll just put their jokes into, they'll type their jokes into something and it'll come out that way. So you'll watch it through an avatar or a robot instead of doing it. I would never do that. I hope that this thing doesn't catch on. But um, the article's got a picture of Seinfeld and Larry David sitting there. It looks like what I seem, what seems to be at a ball game. But yeah, I mean, look, the bottom line is this. People keep asking, what do you think about today's climate of comedy? You can't really talk and say things you can. Yes, you can. You can talk and say things you can. What you can't do is apologize to the groups that get offended. You know, what you can't do is change. People need to understand it's a comedy show. I talked about some controversial things in my special, but I thought long and hard about it. I talked with my family about it. I talked with my representation team about it. I talked with everybody about it. And I said, look, after thinking about it and doing it, and I did it, and the people that are close to me go, you know what? I listened to it. I had no problem with it. I think it's fine. And anybody that has a problem with it is looking for something because I explain it. You have to mean what you say. Don't go out there to just get a reaction. Don't go out there, oh, you know what? Any publicity is good, even if it's negative. That's not true. That's not true. You know, negative publicity is bad. 
Negative publicity takes fucking people's jobs away. So you can't do that. All right? Mean what you say. Don't be some dickhead comic who goes up there and is like, hey, I'm going to talk about, you know, drowning babies and mean, and, and, you know, just for the shock of it. And like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't go up there and, and, and mean it. So, yes, is it a touchy time? Of course it is. Are people a little more offended now and more sensitive now? Yes. Do people not? We've talked about it on the podcast before. People don't want to perform for millennials at colleges. They, they don't want to be at colleges anymore. You know? And I told you, I told the crowd, that was one of the best, most important shows that I've done in a long time, telling the kids that. And they were cool and they got it. You know? If, if somebody says a word that you don't like, that it doesn't automatically mean that they are, you know, bad. But... Yes, you need to be smart. Yes, you need to make sure the joke is funny and you're doing it for the right reason, you know. Um, but I'm not going to f- turn myself into an avatar and try doing like digital online shows and have my voice be a robot or have it be, you know, I mean, I, I would never do that. That's like, it's like, that's a scary, dangerous, really bad thing to do. You know, Lenny Bruce said what he felt and said curses and did things. The cops were waiting for him and he would just come off stage and get arrested, which is uh, completely against the Constitution of the United States and, and, and completely against freedom of speech. The bottom line is the people that came to pay and want to see it, let them see it. And if you don't like it and you're not offended, that's not your comedian. Guys, there's a ton of different comedians. You know, just like Netflix, there's a ton of different shows. You want to watch clean and happy? Fine. You don't want to watch edgy? Fine. You know, Andrew Dice Clay was not for everybody. The people that loved him fucking loved him. The guy was the guy was hilarious to some people because they wanted to hear raunchy stuff. They wanted to hear dick and pussy and having sex and this and that and blowjobs. And that was a comic for them. But then you could go to Jeff Foxworthy or Jerry Seinfeld at the other end of the spectrum who never really cursed. And they were super clean and they got, you know, sitcoms and that was the type of, you know, wholesome humor that those people wanted. And those people flocked to the shows. And then you have all the people in between. You have all the people in between the the, the Dice Clay and the you know the, the Seinfelds or the Jeff Foxworthy, Larry Cable guy, and 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 that's fine too. I think I fall somewhere in in between. You know, I can do a clean joke about my kids and people love it, and then I could say something really off color. It's like a it's a it's for me it's my mood. For me it's what I feel. It's just an honest thought, and and let those people come. Be like, look, you know. One of the, I told you guys, one of the greatest things was what Bill Burr saying, like, you don't know the type of comic, you have to see him multiple times because there's no really one set way that he is. And it's a great compliment, but that doesn't mean it's bad the other way. Just know what you're going into. And look, you just can't tweet. You can't tweet something. Somebody asked me today, you know, hey, I'd love to know your opinion on the Roseanne thing. And I said to him, I was like, look, You know, you can't talk about an African-American and say ape in the same sentence as a joke and think you're not going to pay for it. You got to be smart. It's like, you know, you got to understand that that hurts people's feelings. That's a touchy thing. You don't do that. And even if Roseanne didn't have racism in her heart when she did it, you got to be, you got to be smarter. You just can't do, you can't have a network see that and be like, oh, you know, you can't have, you can't do it. You can't do it. So... I think that people really need to think a lot more. And this is a good thing about it. It's not all bad. If you think and you sit down, you know the way we were talking yesterday on the on Lewis's podcast, the Real Ass Podcast, we were talking about how um, like 
do you, one guy was like, you know, you, 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 you typed it, you typed it, you wrote it. Do you, you look at the spell check, right? You read over it, right? Something in your head has to go, this can go bad. How many times do you have to hear, you know, what's his, Gilbert Godfrey lost millions of dollars from Aflac because he did an off-color joke about a tsunami in Japan. Like, doesn't, doesn't that teach anybody anything? I, a comedian lied about something, lost a sponsor, lost millions of dollars. Guys, a network is not going to put you on it and take that, that chance. It doesn't make any sense for them. You can't be on NBC, ABC, Fox, or any of these networks for that matter. Comedy Central, True TV, all these people, they want to believe in you and put you on their thing. Or let's take an ad, for example. You're not going to be the spokesperson for Old Navy jeans, Right? You're going to be a spokesperson for Old Navy jeans and go out there and say something that is going to totally alienate and upset a group of people and think that Old Navy is going to go, ah, they're still coming by our jeans. We don't care. We stand behind that. No, you're fucking fired. You idiot. You're fired. What are you doing? You got to think. You got to be smart. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where I stand with it. It's not, no, we don't need to be robots. We don't need to be avatars. We don't need to do it in a robotic voice with our, you know, jokes and sit home and hopefully we get money online. That's ridiculous. This is a beautiful live art form. It's the one of the best, most honest and truest, whether the crowd likes what you're saying or doesn't like, it's amazing thing for people to get dressed up, go out, have some drinks, sit down and listen to somebody tell stories with humor in it. And that's a great time. It's a great art form. It's amazing. You just have to be smart. You have to be smart and understand things. And the audience members, you need to come out and understand. You may be religious and not want to hear a joke that has, you know, you know, something with, you know, Jesus in it or, or God. But you might hear that, and it might be a positive thing for God or Jesus. It might be a positive thing that, that oh, you're putting humor. But you may hear something really off-color or nutty or sexual about it that makes you feel really uncomfortable. You need to know there's a chance of hearing that. You need to know that if you have somebody who is mentally challenged or mentally disabled, you may hear a word in that comedy club that's going to make you not happy. And then all of a sudden, oh, I didn't pay money for this. Yes, you fucking did. So think about it. Look online and understand who you're going to see and understand that there's a chance that you're going to see it. That's what it comes down to. People need to be more aware. If people want to be aware of everything else, start being aware of what's offensive um, to you. Not to, not, I'm not talking about the comedian worrying about it. I'm talking about audience members need to know that that, that's, that can happen. So that's where I stand on it. You know, it, it's, it's just one of those things where you need to understand and be smart about the times that we're in uh, while also not compromising your art. That's the job of the comedian. And then also the job of the audience member is to know, look, it's things haven't changed. There's still going to be people, you know, that, that listen, there's a lot of comedians that don't care about this and won't apologize. Um, and in my opinion, nor should they. But if you do now, now that was just talking about stuff that's offensive. But if you go on Twitter or you go on Instagram and you do something that's just blatantly racist and going to upset people, you can't be upset when you lose your job. You simply can't. You don't think that every comedian that I know and myself included, all of us have said things off color privately and are like, oh my God, like that was, you know, we're joking around here and we never mean anything. There's nothing malicious in that. We always joke around, but people aren't going to understand that. You can't put that on social media. You know, you just can't do that. 
How many times have you made a joke, a genuine joke with a family member and you're like, wow, man, that was, that was over the top. And you just like, yeah, that, that was, I did, I did, or say something and be like, I didn't even mean it like that. And if it came across, it would be ridiculously bad. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Um, but the, even the thought that an article is coming out that comedians are going to kind of use avatars because they're afraid to say what they really think or robotics and all kinds of stuff like that. That is a really scary, sad thing to come out in 2018. You know, I, I think that if it gets to that, uh, well, look, you'll save me. You'll get, I'll get more spots because I'm never, I'm never going to not do this live. You know, um, I'm never gonna not. I'm never. I'm never gonna go. Oh, I'm afraid of that. So let me just turn into an avatar online, and hopefully people subscribe to to a. You know, I mean, I would never ever do that. But it is even the fact that that's a thought or that's something that's out there right now is really scary and dangerous to me, and and quite frankly sad because if that's what it's coming to, you know, if that's where people feel like they're so afraid that they can't use their, their First Amendment rights and to try to make jokes and humor for people because they're afraid that they're going to lose something so they're not even going to be themselves anymore. That's just, that sucks. And I hope, you know, I look, I hope that that's just a suggestive um, article and that like people explored it, but they're not going to just continue to always do it. But you guys can check out the article. The article was in, I'll tell you where the article was. So you guys can um, read it for yourself. But it, it looks like, uh, what is this article? Where was this? Uh, yeah, it says, Botnik is creating an unusual predictive keyboard. Suggest, so yeah, it's just, just, just uh, type in to Google, heard the one about the robot comedian, question mark, type that in, and I guess that that'll come up. Um. But that's, I mean, that's scary. Scary. Okay, everybody. Wow, 56 minutes. This was a good one. I felt it. This one flowed nice. This one flowed nice. Um, what else? I guess, I guess now it's just time to do, um, time to do plugs, right? It's time to do plugs. Uh, okay, guys, this weekend I will be at, uh, oh, by the way, tomorrow, if you guys are in uh, Long Island, go check out uh, Bobby Kelly and Rich Voss. They're doing the uh, they're doing the round at Westbury Westbury Fair. I was there a couple times with Burr. It's sick. Uh, this weekend, I will be at the Village Underground in New York. I will be at the Comedy Cellar. I will be at the Fat Black Pussycat. I will be at the Stand. Uh, I will be. A bunch of those shows. I mean, you could go to the new. Please check out the new paulverzi.com website. It's up. It's got clips. It's got new dates. Amazing new pictures and all that stuff. So you could check that out. Um, other dates that are in the future, you can check out, guys. I will be in Vegas at the Comedy Cellar at the Rio from uh, August 29th. You better believe I'll be playing golf there to September 1st. That's right. August 29th to September 1st at the Comedy Cellar at the Rio Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. That is at the end, of, very end of uh, August into September. Uh, and then I have dates in, uh, I have dates, The Loft, the new comedy club in October. The Loft Comedy Club in Chicopee, Mass. This, this should be around the time the special's coming out. Um, October 11th, 12th, 13th. Okay, that's there, so you could check that out. 
more dates are on the site, future dates that I don't need to plug now, but those are on there. And um, yeah, in the meantime, a ton of stuff in New York City. And I want to thank everybody who's been coming out to shows, man. So many people are coming up to me at the cellar, at the stand, uh, at New York. All of these clubs that I'm doing, people are coming up to me going, hey, I listened to the Verzi Effect and I'm a big fan. I finally got to see you, big fan of you. So it, it means so much to me. I really appreciate that you guys are... Uh, you know, uh, coming out and seeing me and also listening to my show. And also, um, you guys are going to be seeing a lot more of me. I have something coming out from the Kevin Hart uh, LOL network that should be online soon. And also, uh, the special is coming out. And you guys are going to be, you know, hearing about that any day now, literally. So, um, very thankful. Thank you guys so much. Please tell a friend about the Verzi Effect podcast. Going to have more guests, more Patreon. I'm going to do another Patreon tonight. Uh, with the guest. So that is only for $3 extra a month. Uh, There you go. You get more podcasts and more TVE for $3 extra a month. You can't beat it. So uh, this has been uh, TVE, what is this, 358? Yes, this has been TVE 358. Thank you guys so much. Oh, sports. Let me do a little sports here. I'm not going to do much. Uh, The New York Yankees are flying. They just won another series against the uh, Houston Astros. Uh, so out of seven times this year, we've beaten them five. Record is five and two, playing them seven times, and those are the world champs. We're flying right now. Looks like we're one starting pitcher away from really being, um, I think, the, the team to beat in, in all of baseball. Um, the NBA Finals, guys, I had the Celtics. I had to stick with them. They lost Kyrie, but they, they you know, I, I saw what... Um, Like I mentioned to you guys, I saw what the Indiana Pacers did, taking the Cavs to Game 7. I thought Boston could get over the hump. You got to give it to LeBron James, man. Every time you want to doubt the guy or say he's getting tired, he just isn't. He's a a force, man. Um, But I'll give you my finals prediction because the final starts tonight. Um, Last year, I gave gave the, the Warriors in six because I just wanted to give respect to LeBron in six. I don't think this team is nearly as good, um, but I'm going to do it again. Because of LeBron James, because he's what what he's accomplished, I'm not only going to give him one game, I'm going to give him two games. I think they could win two games uh, in the series. I'm going to take the Golden State Warriors in six, and uh, winning another title this year. Um, but I got to give a ton of credit to LeBron James being there. Because a guy like that who just willed his team. You want to talk about literally taking your team on your back. The guy played all 82 games of the regular season at his age. Almost what, thirty, almost 34 years old. He's played more minutes than I think anybody in the playoffs. I think he either is about to or passed everybody for points scored in the playoffs, including Kareem and Michael. It's just what the guy is doing, you just can't deny the greatness of it. Like Everybody's going to sit here and say Jordan, 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 and I, I do still give it to Jordan because of the amount of championships and the defense that he played. I also think that there was a lot harder defense being played um, then, but I, I think that LeBron is getting really close to Michael Jordan. And it's amazing what he's doing. So for that reason, I'm going to give it six. But I just don't think they could beat 
the juggernaut that is the Golden State Warriors. So I got Warriors in six. Yankees are flying. Excited for my new look, New York Giants. And the Knicks stink. There you go, everybody. This has been TVE 358. I will talk to you guys next time. Take care.